Hey, podcast listener. Are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. That, Like you said, the chicken or the egg. Do I put together these services and then try and find people to buy them? Or do I find the people who want the services and tailor the services to them? Just keep going in circles. I don't know how to get off the treadmill. Welcome to Epic Business Growth for CPAs, My name is Geraldine Carter, founder of She Thinks Big Coaching. This is the place to be if you're a CPA who wants to grow your accounting practice. Weekly episodes are full of strategies and action steps that create a clear path for growth without working harder. Time to get inspired and grow your business. My guest today is Annette Bevers, a solo CPA based in Northern California. I wanted to have Annette on because she has so many of the classic challenges that CPAs face when they say yes to most types of work that arrive at their door. She has a mishmash of clients whose needs vary, which makes it hard for her to have consistent processes, which means work takes up a lot of extra time and she can't really streamline it for her bookkeeper. And it leaves her little time to think about how to grow strategically. She's bogged down in the work and not using her full potential. The good news is there is a stepwise process for getting out of this tailspin. So let's dig in with Annette Bevers. Annette Bevers, welcome to the Epic Business Growth for CPAs podcast. Thanks, Geraldine. So happy to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. What would be great to get out of today's time? The thing that I seem to keep hitting up against a wall with um, is focus, focusing within my business uh, on a couple different levels. One being the services that I offer and two being the clients that I serve. This trouble around focus, these things are connected. The services that you offer um, informs your messaging, which informs your clients. And then the sort of tighter or like the more you contain what you offer your clients, the better your services become. And it all sort of feeds on itself, right? Because yeah, my business started when I had my kids and I didn't really like set out like, oh, I'm going to build this business with this like plan in place. I was working part-time while my children were, were babies. I was working during naps and, you know, I took one client and then I, and then I took another client and then I took another client and over the time it kind of grew. And now 15 years later, I I still have most of those clients that I started with back 15 years ago. Um, and I've kind of picked up things here and there over the years. And it hasn't always been, I wasn't always as intentional about those clients that I took on. 
but because of the work that I do, and a lot of it is recurring work, those clients have stayed with me, which has been amazing that I have these clients that I've had for so long. I've now ended up kind of with this mishmash of things. And and I also have a pretty wide skill set that I think plays into it. That And there's a lot of things that I like to do within the accounting realm. And so when somebody comes to me with a project, if it's something that I can do, then it's hard for me to not do it because like, well, I can do that. I can help you. And I love to help people. So, (laughs) um, so it gets me into trouble a little bit and I run into the, like, um, and to some degree it's a label of what I do and what I, because I'm very different than like most people hear CPA, they think taxes or auditor or bookkeeper. Those are like the boxes that people are familiar with. And I don't totally fit into those boxes. And so people, oh, well, you don't do tax. Well, then what do you do? And so finding a way to clearly communicate to people that I network with, as well as potential clients of what it is that I do and the value that I bring, given my wide skill set, is a challenge. And partly because the value that you bring is so varied and varies from person to person. Yes. Because there are a mishmash of clients and projects. Yes. What would you like to have by the end of our time today if we were really successful? Clear message of what it is that I do. Because I think that that would give me the clarity to be able to then start running things through that lens. I'm trying to shift to that more advisory role with clients And so I, but I keep getting pulled back into like the bookkeeper role because that's the one that people are most familiar with. It's what they know they need. And it's also a comfortable role for me too. Whereas the advisory role is more undefined. And so it's harder to kind of move into that area. But if I could kind of figure out a way to make that messaging clear of what that advisor role is. And I think it's one reason that a lot of people haven't, a lot of CPAs and accountants haven't fully moved into the advisory role is because, you know, this advisory, the word advisory just gets tossed out there. And then people are like, just figure out for yourself what that means without any real sort of methodology to figure out what that means or what that looks like. And it can look like so many different things. And I think people just get stuck and they get lost because it's too opaque. Yes. So the question becomes, what is the advisory role that is most valuable to your clients and best suits what you do and are great at? Right. Um, How many clients do you have right now? Last year, I worked with about 70 clients and they ranged in size from, you know, a one-time consultation to a client that I do like full CFO services for every month. Okay. And how many clients do you do CFO, full CFO services for just the one or more? Um, it's really just the one that I do, like the full um, CFO type level services. If you could do just one thing. <laughs> That's the problem. I don't want to do just one thing. What's the problem that you don't want to do just one thing? Yeah, I think that that's where a lot of it comes from, is that like, I go, okay, I'm going to do, like I do QuickBooks consultations where I do installation, I do setups and training and work like that with QuickBooks Online. And I love doing that stuff. But if you said that was all I could do for the rest of my days, I'm like, no, I don't want to just do that because I love doing that, but it's not something that I want to do every day. And then if you said, okay, you're only going to do bookkeeping, then I'd be like, oh, but 
I love the the predictiveness of doing the bookkeeping and the fact that each month you close, you can cross off the list and all that. But if I could only do that, I'd be bored out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And then there's the the higher level advisory work that I'm like, I've got all of this experience that I've gained over all of my years of work that I feel like I'm not using those skills to the best of their ability. I know that I can make a bigger impact with people. I want to be able to do that, but I am still struggling with what that exactly looks like. And I think to some degree, they all kind of tie together but it makes the messaging really confusing. Um, it does make me wonder, this is a like a little bit of an aside and not the most important thing, but the uh, QuickBooks installation and bookkeeping, those are just deliverables. Those aren't results that people want. People want bookkeeping so that they can know where their money went and how much money came in and that everything matches up and they got paid and so on and so forth. But what they probably want more than that, you tell me what you think your clients want, is more cash flow forecasting, ability to understand how much money they're going to have, if they're going to hire somebody, when that can be and how much it's going to cost. If they can go to a conference and they need to you know, set aside $3,000 if they can afford that and when they need to start saving for it and how much or how it's going to impact them or what have you, like what's the budget for conference and travel this year? right? They want answers to larger questions like that. And bookkeeping is just a means to an end. So the bookkeeping in QuickBooks installations and so on, that can stay, but I don't think it necessarily needs to be part of your, included in your top level messaging. It's sort of like an, oh, by the way, yes, of course we do. We will keep your books. And of course, if we need to, of course, if we need to do a QuickBooks installation or a cleanup, we will do those things. It's almost like a given. That makes sense. So I think a, a more important question or focus becomes what's in the advisory and who are the people that you want to be working with? Right. Tell me a little bit about your best client, the one person for whom you do CFO services, the nature of the business, what you do for this person, like that. So they are a nonprofit, which is not necessarily the industry that I want to focus on. You know, they have a a contract bookkeeper who does the day-to-day bookkeeping work. I do the month-end close at the higher level. Uh, I help them with their budgeting process. I do cash flow forecasting. I do presentations to their board. I'm basically their CFO on a contract basis. And that's where I've learned a lot about how to do all of those different pieces. And so it's been a great client, but as far as the industry that they're in, it's not the industry that I necessarily want to focus on. Are there particular industries that you do find attractive? I haven't found the one like the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, I, I feel like I keep finding like the ones that I don't necessarily want to do, but haven't necessarily landed on the one that I do want to do, which I know people said, oh, well, what are you passionate about? Like, when I say, well, I don't know. Like that, I haven't, I just haven't found that say, that one area. In general, I say uh, service-based businesses, but that's such a broad range of things. I seem to be getting a lot of referrals lately for construction, but construction is not where I, not where I want to go. Um, I tend to like working with women entrepreneurs kind of looking at those fields. I have a few clients that are like chiropractors. So the like wellness industry in general is an area that I do have a lot of interest. 
So that's been one that's kind of been in the back of my mind as an area that would be good to to look at and focus on. And, and since I do have a couple clients in that area, finding the people in that industry that are at the level that need the services is is the trick, right? <laughs> it is the trick, yes. Part of finding a place to focus is as much about finding the place to focus as it is about process of elimination and where you don't want to focus, right? So it's good that you know, you're like, yeah, construction just doesn't, uh, contractors, it's not my thing. Nonprofit's not really where I want to go. And yes, service-based is broad. The handy thing about it is that the business model tends to be pretty straightforward. And even within service-based, there's still room to clarify. When you say finding the level of business owner inside wellness, what do you know so far about what that level needs to be? Like, but finding people who can afford services and are and are and see the value in it in the in that industry. Some of the people I've run into, they're small. Uh, you know, single person practices where they may not necessarily need or be at a level where they feel like they need or understand the value of those services. They're the ones that are like, oh, I just need the bookkeeping. I, I don't need anything more than that. But I'm sure that there are ones that are out there um, and maybe I'm just not in the right circles of running into those people. Yeah, it does take a difference in mindset to go from the solo practitioner who has their sort of single room office in a small house or in an ADU out in the backyard to a person who has employees. And um, the solo practitioner is unlikely to have, I don't want to say unlikely, the solo practitioner is maybe less likely to have the budget or see the value in the investment. Whereas the person with a couple of employees is much more likely to see the value in the investment. Yeah, and there's more value that you can deliver to them because their business is more complex. Let me just do a quick gut check with you as we talk about this idea of sort of wellness practices that have more than one employee, if you will. Are we in the right direction? Like, are you still kind of open to this as a possibility? Or is your gut like, eh, I don't know if this is right for me? Um, From an industry perspective... What holds me back is the, but how do I find these people? Like, are they out there? And I often feel like it's my own limiting mindset that's telling me that those people aren't out there, if that makes any sense. Um, So talk to me about what you believe about whether or not they are out there. Like, do you not believe they're out there? Have you just not looked? Um, What's behind it? I believe that they're out there. I don't know if I believe that I can find that I can find them or sell them on the fact that they need my services, I guess. Which feels like the more important one to explore. Um, I think, do they need my services is probably the bigger question because if I believe that and have confidence in that, then it'll make it easier for me to, okay, well, if I have this service available and this value that I can bring, I just need to search out the people. But until I have something to provide to them, then I'm just in this like limbo land of... Chicken and egg. Right. So there is an element of chicken and egg here of service and 
what is the service that I offer them and what is, what is the value to them? And the best way to get those answers is simply to go right to them and ask them what they want and do what some people call market research. But the minute we call it market research, a lot of CPAs and accountants are like, ah, I'm not a marketer, you know? <laughs> so it's just like two North facing <laughs> magnets trying to put them together. It doesn't work. So um, if we just talk more directly about what it is, it's simply interviewing people who you'd like to work with to find out more about what help they need and be able to figure out, be able to find the overlap between what they need and want and what you offer. Right. The chicken and egg piece is that you don't know these people or many of them yet. Right? <laughs> so we have a little bit of a, like, we need to find them first and then we need to talk to them. But the one thing that I see in, in business owners who are starting up, like one of the biggest things people can do to make the biggest difference is more interviewing of clients, more conversation of cl with clients to find out what they want rather than guessing at it. And like playing pin the tail on the donkey with a blindfold on and just kind of wandering and with your thumb out and hoping that you bump into it and, you know, put your thumb on the target. It's much easier to just go directly to the source and ask, but it's hard to go directly to the source and ask when we don't have the source. Where does that leave us? I, I feel like I've been running in circles on this for so long that I just don't even know how to get out of it. Like that it's just this like frustration of like, I keep trying to like, I feel like I keep chasing my tail trying to like figure this out and I don't know the steps to go through to do it. <laughs> like I keep having, holding out this hope that one day this just, it'll just come to me as like some <laughs> miracle that it'll just lay itself out in front of me and tell me what it is. But I know that that's most likely not going to happen. <laughs> but because I just keep going in circles, I don't know how to get off the treadmill that like you said, the chicken or the egg, like, do I put together these services and then try and find people to buy them? Or do I find the people who want the services and tailor the services to them? I, I just don't know. And if I knew like for sure in my heart, like, oh, this is the industry that I want to do, I feel like that would be easier because then I'd have this area to work in and, and to know kind of, okay, I can go find those people. And I know to some degree, I need to just at some point, pick something. And maybe to some degree, I'm using that as like a excuse as to why, well, oh, I can't do that because I don't know who to serve. And so this is in some ways keeping me in my comfort zone and not allowing me to move forward because it's like, oh, well, I, I just don't, I have, I don't have it all figured out yet. So I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. So to a degree, there may be some difficult choices to make. And there may be a way to have both things, right? That you can still have your clients be served. If not by you, then by somebody else who would be happy to have them. And I understand that these are relationships with human beings. So we want to be cognizant of that. I'm certainly not advocating, just simply showing them the door. <laughs> I think there's a much more skillful way to handle that where they get served and so do you. Let's be lucky enough to have that problem. Let's get to that problem first. But that problem's on the other side of this first bridge. Yes. Which is what are the steps and what's the plan to find out and better understand the value that your, um, that your potential prospects might be looking for. What would be great would be to be able to talk to four or five of them. Okay. Tell me about the current clients that you have who are in the wellness space. Are they solo operators or do they have staff? 
I, a couple of them have staff and a couple of them do not. So the ones that have staff, is that two, three, four? I have one that has eight staff. They, they have a thriving practice, but they're almost in such a growth mode that they don't even have time to talk to me to allow me to help them. So they're kind of in that like... <laughs> But that might be one thing you can get them, which they would find value in, which is time. How about the, well, before I just assume that that's true, do you think that with your work, you would be able to get them time back? For this particular client, I don't know, just because of the way that he runs his practice and our, and how our interactions have been historically. I don't know that he's looking for advice from me. You don't think he is interested necessarily in cash flow, budgeting, forecasting, that kind of stuff? I don't know. I guess I've never asked. So maybe he would. Okay. How long have you had this client? Probably about five years. Okay. That says that you've that he has stuck with you for five years says something, right? He values you. Otherwise, he would have gone somewhere else. Yes. So we can find out what he thinks. If I can get a hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I appreciate the, you know, the times that we're in, we also need to maintain awareness of the context and the times that we're in right now, right? With what we have. Right. Although if he's in health and wellness and he can't see people in person, he may have heaps of time. Yeah, they're an essential business. So they're able to thankfully still continue. So, so we don't know until we ask. Uh, talk to me about the other ones. One of the others is very small. She's single practitioner and has been trying to grow, but has been struggling. And she's actually one that I've actually reached out to and done kind of an interview. Um, I did like a free strategy session with her to kind of test out this. And so she was actually a really good opportunity for me to kind of ask some of these questions and also try and provide her some advice as well. But she's at a much smaller level. She's not looking to really grow. She's just trying to kind of get an established business that can provide her a certain level of income and then she's good. She's not looking to expand and take over the world or anything. So how about the next one? Those are my only two um, chiropractors. Um, and then I did a cookbook set up for a client that's also in the wellness industry, but she's again, a single, she just needs to be set up on QuickBooks. She's going to be doing it all herself. Um, anyone else in wellness that's not necessarily a chiropractor? Not on my current client list, no. So we're in this place where from a business standpoint, what I think you need next to get out of the spin and the chasing the tail is to do the uncomfortable work and head into the zone of uncertainty around having conversations with this possible target audience, if you will, and getting a deeper understanding of what they want and what they need. And I can send you a series of questions that you can use to build off of and then compile your answers. Okay. That go beyond just like, what do you want? How can I help you? <laughs> They're much more powerful than that. Because <laughs> right. half the time, I think they don't need, know what they want or need. They don't, know what's, they don't know what's possible, which is why I think it's, they struggle and we struggle kind of from both sides is because they don't know what to ask for and we don't know what to tell them. Like we don't know how to communicate it to them. Yes. What they know is that they have a tax preparer. They know they have a bookkeeper. That's the realm of what they know. They don't know that there's other things possible. Like, oh, you could do that. Like I didn't 
Yeah. No, that was a possibility. I love this because it is exactly that. They don't know what they don't know. And you offer huge value in telling them the things that they didn't even know to ask. And plenty of business owners are looking for the person who will tell them the things they didn't know to ask. And there's also beyond the things that you know to tell them that they didn't know to ask, there may also be things that you discover in these conversations that you also didn't know would benefit them. And these conversations will start to unearth those things. And where you can add increased value is in aggregating these conversations and their answers to start to see the themes in their answers and go, oh, really what they want that they would love would be this other thing. And it didn't even occur to me that I could do that for them. And when you start to add that and you give them something that they didn't even know that they need, right? Like nobody needed, nobody knew that they needed a garage door opener until somebody put, <laughs> until someone put one in their hands, right? Right. <laughs> nobody knew that we needed Zoom until we had Zoom. <laughs> Except right. we, maybe we knew that we needed it when we had GoToMeeting and we're like, oh my God, this thing is right. terrible. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But so often we don't really know the thing that we need until somebody puts it in our hands and we go, oh my God, this is so great. I'm so glad somebody created this. Right. Absolutely. So your role right now is to head into this uncomfortable space of discovering and trying to innovate and fit, not innovate, like I'm not asking you to reinvent the wheel here, but to create something for your prospects and clients that doesn't currently necessarily exist in an obvious and easily accessible way yet. Right. That makes sense. I'm not asking you to build a rocket ship or something totally nutty. Right. Who knows? Maybe what they need is a better billing process. Maybe what they need is a written out set of procedures that they can follow every month for something. Maybe what they need is a certain system that you can develop and they can plug in. Who knows? But we're going to find out. And because you have such a wide skill set, which you mentioned at the beginning, let's tap into that and leverage it. Yeah. Because I mean, that's where I want to be able to bring that value of like, let's, I mean, one of my joys is working with technology. of like, like I'm not all about like creating manual processes. Like I love figuring out how to make a process more efficient using technology. Like, is there an app that you we can use to make this easier to save you time, me time, everybody time, um, and get you the information that you need more quickly? So let's keep an eye on this and see if in where inside wellness do chiropractors or acupuncturists go, oh my God, I would love it if we could streamline this and make use of technology. Like they probably don't have time. They're studying up on, you know, where to place needles and meridians. I don't know. Before we can get to the clear messaging, which I know is what you want, we need to go through the stepwise plan, interview your prospects and talk to them, find out what they want. And out of that comes the clear messaging. There's no easy answer, is there? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, not sh it's not fast. Not if you're going to do it right. Not if you're going to do it right. Like, you know, in an hour, I could come up with 15 mess possible messages for you, but are they going to be right? Are they going to stick? Are they going to be effective? No. Right. We're much better getting our hands dirty, like hearing from your prospects the pain points that they really want and need and extracting from that your messaging. Yeah, that, that makes sense depending on how quickly things can move, you're looking at like a two to four to six week process right here, just in this part. Right. Okay. So let's go to your steps and your plan. 
Okay. Stepwise plan number one is you're going to contact the three people you just talked to me about, even though they may not be exactly ideal. It's still what you have at the moment. I'm going to send you a list of questions and we'll talk a little bit after about how you're going to frame it so that they're excited to meet with you, right? We want to frame it to benefit them that we're serve, like we're finding out how to serve them better and what their needs are. So I will get you the list of questions and you are also going to look inside your network and you're going to look for connectors inside your network, people who know a lot of people. And you're going to see if you can ask them for help simply by saying, hey, I'm trying to find this kind of person, person in the wellness industry, has a few employees, maybe up to 10, might have two or three right now, wants to grow. Is there anyone you know of that I should talk to you? Can you think of anyone I should talk to? Okay. Right. So your homework right now that is the uncertain part is trying to find more of these people. Okay. And I actually have a couple of people in mind that I could reach out to. Excellent. Good. And then when you interview these, the people that you do know, the three on your list, you can also ask them. And the aim is to get eight interviews would be great. Six is usually good. Four is kind of the minimum. And then after each conversation, you want to aggregate their answers. And then once you aggregate their answers, that's when you take the next step and we talk again or whatever. Okay. Okay. So that like sets you on a linear path instead of a spinning circular path. That makes sense. Get out of my own head. <laughs> yeah. Because you won't get any additional clarity with more thinking. The only way you're going to get additional clarity now is moving. Absolutely. But the moving yeah. is scary and uncertain, which most of us don't like. That is very true. <laughs> so where we started was, you know, wanting a clear message about what you do so that you can kind of shift to more advisory um, and start working with fewer clients at higher value. Where are you right now? I feel like I have a plan that will get me to the next step uh, along that path which is great. What's been most helpful? Having concrete steps instead of just the, oh, just go figure it out. Just go think about it. Um, I feel like I've heard that message so many times of like, oh, you just have to figure out a niche. Well, but how do I figure out a niche? Like, yeah, how? When, especially when you don't have, like for some people, I feel like it comes very like naturally that they like look at their client list and they go, oh, look at that. I've got, I've already got 10 of grocery stores or whatever it is. And I actually went through that exercise um, recently just to kind of, and I went through and I was like, oh my God, like I've got stuff all over the place. Like, I do think doing these wishlist interviews will be incredibly helpful. I think so. Yes. Okay. Annette, thank you so much for coming on the Epic Business Growth for CPAs podcast. This was so much fun. I got so much out of it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Annette, for coming on the podcast. What stood out to me in this episode is just how easy it is to stay caught in the tangle of questions you ask yourself when you're trying to break free of the traditional CPA model. Fortunately, the path out is straightforward and it works. Interviewing top clients, shedding 20% of your client base and committing to using that time to grow strategically and raising your prices are three key pieces, but it's hard to walk through this fog alone. 
If you want to know what the simple steps are to grow your business, go grab a copy of my ebook where I walk you through the six steps you need to take to double your revenue. You can get it on my website at shethinksbigcoaching.com forward slash ebook. It's a simple read. And if you like a plan with clear steps, this little ebook will lay out the path for you. Grab your copy at shethinksbigcoaching.com forward slash ebook. All right, listeners, that's it from me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.